on the topic of schar, einish, the world to come, and everything that lies in between here and there. And we're up to Simon Vav. Vav. Weiter on the topic of schar. Gain's been talking about schar. Now he's going to go a little bit into schar and einish. So he's been giving us interesting understandings, insights, and, and new takes on, on uh, some old concepts. Till now he's been talking about schar, reward for mitzvahs, peris, the pairs that you get in this world, he introduced a new concept that we weren't familiar with. There's leaves also, when you get one, when you get the other, who gets one, who gets the other, and a lot of conditions and circumstances, and, uh, and uh, states and situations that the guys developed for us. And now we're going to get a little bit into contrasting now schar and einish reward and punishment. So the Gain sets up an interesting contrast over here, and we see that the two are not exactly symmetrical. Says the Gain, Vav. Schar ha-mitzvahs hu bilti tachlis. The schar of mitzvahs, the reward that a yud gets from mitzvahs, we're talking about the reward in the afterlife, in the world to come, hu bilti tachlis is unlimited. It goes on forever. The schar for any mitzvah that you get, when you're getting it in Oilam Haba, it doesn't have a tachlis. Tachlis means an end point. It doesn't have an end point. It doesn't reach its conclusion. It goes on forever. That's pretty nice. The schar for any mitzvah. Now, he's not talking, obviously, about when a person cashes his chips in over here in this world. He's talking about when a person gets reward. After this world, in, 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 the, in the spiritual realm. So it's not the pshat that you can have mitzvahs that eventually you used up the schar, and eventually there comes an end point in the reward. No. The schar for every mitzvah is unlimited, is infinite, is eternal, goes on forever. However, says the Gain, the oinish raveris, that is betachlis, that is limited. That there does come an end point when it comes to averis. There comes an end point. So a couple things immediately. Okay, that's Adkan. Adkan Devarov. Adkan L'Shoinoi. That's the end of Vav. The Gain is setting up a simple contrast between Mitzvahs and Averis, between Schar and Einish. The Schar of doing Mitzvahs and the Einish of doing Averis. And the Gain is saying they're not symmetrical. It's not Dabr V'Hipuchai. The Schar for doing Mitzvahs, the reward that he gets, that he gets for doing Mitzvahs is built tachlis, is unlimited, goes on forever. But the Einish, the punishment a person will have to get Chalil B'Chas for doing Averis, is limited. Eventually, there comes a point where you served your term. You finished the sentence. Now, Veira is about getting a sentence. How many years? How many decades? Are you going to have to suffer in Gehenna for this? But there comes a point by every Veira where that sentence is finished. And there's no such thing as an Veira that a person has to pay off forever. There's no such thing, let's say that differently, as eternal suffering. Eternal suffering doesn't exist, says the guy. Eternal condemnation and, 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 and relegation to Gehenim, not a concept in Yiddishkeit. The, the, the worst Russia who has done the biggest crimes, eventually that sentence is served, eventually he's done his time, eventually the Gehenim comes to an end. Not so mitzvahs. So, we got to understand up here, obviously, what's the difference? Why is it the mitzvahs are unlimited and Averis are limited? Mitzvahs will, as a rule, always, says the guy, produce unlimited schar. The reward never ends, it goes on forever for every mitzvah, whereas there's no such thing as an Aveir that goes on forever. Why is that talk of the case? What's Pshat in the discrepancy? What's Pshat with the asymmetry? So, of course, we know Midas Taiv Maru, but we know the Rebbeinah Shalalim's um, affinity and 
and preference for Midas Taif always outweighs the preference for Midas Ra, for Midas Adin. Hashem loves to do good things. Hashem much more, much rather prefers to do good than to bad than to do bad. That we know for sure. But like, one would imagine that the guy is not just telling you a reflection, an insight into what Hashem prefers. Hashem likes mitzvahs better, so therefore mitzvahs are infinite. The reward Hashem doesn't like punishing as much, so therefore Hashem. Limits it, makes it fine. It sounds from the guy that there's something fundamental going on. There's something lumdish going on. There's some lumdish behind the scenes that makes it that that in lumdish, in a, a mitzvah will be rewarded on an infinite level for eternity. And in lumdish, for some reason, Avera has an endpoint. Okay, so that's what we have to discover. So we have to uh, try to chip away at this piece of the guy and try to get to the bottom of the scenes, the behind the scenes, and the, and and get get to the uh, the bottom of the story over here. Okay, before that. This guy does force us to put in new light some well-known Agathas. There are Agathas where we find that many, many, many years later, centuries later, maybe even millennia later, we find big Rishayim that are still suffering for their crimes. Well-known Maisa with Unklus Hager in Meseches Gittin, where Unklus was considering converting. Unklus wanted to convert to Judaism, and he summoned from, from, um, from the great beyond... Several people to consult with. He wanted to consult with a few people. So Unclus, the potential gear, he consulted with Bilam. He consulted with um, Titus. Titus. And he consulted with Yoshka, the Gemara says. Mm-hmm. Consulted with Yoshka. Bilam, Titus, and Yoshka. Now Titus was his uncle. Um, that's... Uh, that's um, that was more certainly more recent when he brought his, uh, you know, Titus back from the dead to consult with him. Um, Yashka, depends which Yashka we're talking about, the first or the second. Um, Yashka was not also, was a, you know, did not precede Unclus by all that much time. Um, Bilam, Bilam, he, he, he lived a while before, uh, uh, before uh, Unclus, right? Bilam is, is in Bisman, Bisman uh, Moshe Rabbeinu. He's in Tanakh times. Not even Tanakh times. He's in the times of the Midbar. Before the Indian go to Eretz Yisrael. Before Yeshua. Before first base Hamikdash. Before second base Hamikdash. I mean, Unclus is, is after the second base Hamikdash. Unclus is, we're talking about, like, this is millennia later. And Unclus summons these three people from the dead. Bilam, Titus, and Yashka. And he asks all three of them for advice. Famously, should I convert? Should I not convert? Should I become a Yid? Should I not become a Yid? And then he asks them, you know, out of curiosity, he's like, you know, what's up in Gehenna? What's up with you guys in Gehenna? What's it like over there? And each one of them tells him what, 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 what they're dealing with in Gehenna, what their suffering is like, what, what, what they're enduring again, and what they're going through. So you see from this Gemara, the frightening thing, that in the times of Unclus Hager, after the destruction of the second base on Mikdash, talking about in the year um, 70 AD, right? I'm sorry, 70 CE. We don't say AD. CE, 70 of the common era, 70 of the common era. Um, less than 2,000 years ago, this is when the story, I mean, the story happened less than 2,000 years ago, and Bilam lived, lived, um, you know, at least least uh, 1,500 years before that. And um, 
Bilam was still suffering. Bilam is uh, tells tells uh, Uncle is that he's sitting in a vat, a shichvazera reisachas, boiling hot shichvazera. That's what he's sitting in. Okay, so fifteen hundred years later, Bilam is still um, is still uh, yeah, it was more than fifteen hundred years later. Whatever, it's quite some time later. Quite some time later, um, Bilam is still suffering for this crime. Yet the going tells us that there's no such thing as an einish, which is unlimited, which is which is eternal, which goes on forever. Every einish has an endpoint. You see that eventually there's going to come a point in time. Did it come yet? Did it not come yet? I don't know. Maybe it came already. Maybe it didn't come. Where where Bilam will finish serving that sentence? But you can have a sentence which is in terms of thousands of years. If someone can commit a crime, he's going to have to pay off over the course of thousands of years to pay, um, to pay off that... There's time. There's time. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're in Gehenna this time. Yeah, in Gehenna this time. There's a clock. There's a clock in Gehenna. With, with hands. With a, our hand, with a minute hand, and with a second hand. Made out of human hands. And then there's a microsecond hand and a nanosecond hand and a picosecond hand goes very slowly. Very, very, very slowly. With human hands? All the hands. All the hands. Human hands, I don't know, maybe they're cat hands. I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully we'll never find that. I don't know, maybe they're elephant hands. I'm not sure whose who's, who's hands. So don't know. The, so the person's hand. Yeah. Um, don't know. The guy's but they know they go very, 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 very slowly. Okay, but, but uh, again, where the place where people are suffering, there's time, there's a concept of time. Um, so Bilam was still suffering the times of Uncle, so he may still yet be suffering. Eventually, he'll sure that sentence be easy. This is a sentence that could be thousands of years long. Azoish Tein Gain, this is what the Gain is telling us. There's no such thing as, as, as punishment which goes on forever. Um, the biggest Russia, as big as he comes, eventually he's going to serve his time, eventually he's going to finish off that term. Okay. On the other hand, I think we'll speak out one more Nakuda before we tackle the, 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 the kishkas over here of this piece before we get into the to the meat and potatoes, the lambdas. The guy is telling us that there's no such thing as an einish that lasts forever. There's no such thing as eternal suffering. Eternal purgatory, eternal flames and fire in Gehenna. If a person has to be sent to Gehenna, eventually, eventually he serves his time. That's on the one hand. On the other hand, we are told, Chazal do tell us, and this is not a contradiction to the guy, not a student of the guy at all, but we're bringing this up just to put the whole sugi together. There's such a concept as someone who eventually just dissipates and disappears and is not around anymore. Not everybody goes to Elam Haba. We know this is a concept that's out there. Not everybody makes it. And there are people that were unable to get that entry pass into Elam Haba. So what happens to them? They don't suffer forever. They're not in Gehenna forever, but they may just not be around anymore. We may just, you know, say, Sayonara, uh, it was nice knowing you, and with that, and we bid them farewell without the Lehisra'os, right? Lehitra'os, the Lehisra'os. Lehisra'os, the Lehitra'os is what? See you later. So there may be people to whom we don't give them the farewell to see you later. There may be people who just are not around anymore. And we have to make a clear distinction. There is a difference between just not being around, just disappearing, a neshama dissolving and disappearing, and a neshama having eternal suffering. Eternal suffering, that doesn't exist. There's no such thing as eternal suffering. But 
not existing, the dissolution of existence, is not the same as eternal suffering, and that is a possibility, Rahman al Islam. The person can just not disappear. What was that? Isn't there a concept that we come back down to the world? There's to a, get the entry pass? Yes, that's a Rachmanah. Sometimes the Shemaim will have some person give him a second chance. Yeah. Come down as a Gilgal. Okay, so that's also out there. So there's no concept of suffering for eternity, but there may be a concept of, of, of not being around anymore for eternity disappearing. Now, getting back to the guy, now that we've spoken out like the background over here and like the, I guess the, um, the, 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 uh, the two extremes in terms of how to understand and apply the, the, the just the, the basics of the Ganyi Shang with us. So now we have to tackle the Kishkas. What's Taka the Pshat? That for mitzvahs you get eternal reward. Every mitzvah will be rewarded for eternity. Bilti Tachlis, there's no end point for that. Schar, it goes on forever. But for Averis, there is an end point. What's Pshat Taka in the asymmetry? Why is it that it has to be that way? So let's build this up. There's two ideas. Each one, though, kind of produces the other one. Two ideas, each one, which are each of which are, are connected to the previous. So, the first idea is like this: <coughs> the starting idea. There's a starting point, and how we can take that a step further. The starting point is where is the reward of the mitzvah coming from, and where is the punishment of the avera coming from? And the more precise way of asking that question is where's the mitzvah coming from and where's the avera coming from? What's a mitzvah in lambdas and what's an avera in lambdas? Where are they coming from? So mitzvah obviously requires a certain uh, 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 requires a certain structure to be set up for me requires a, a whole system. A mitzvah is coming from a system where I have free will, I have expectations, I have Rules that I'm given are right and are wrong, and I'm expected to do the right thing. The right thing means clinging to and following the system of mitzvahs that's been set up to me, for me, for, me, for, for my benefit, to be involved in that mitzvah system. Haveris represents a different system, a system of temptations, a system of tumba, a system of the opportunity to, stu- to stumble, to fall, and to, to, to have failure. A system of Averis, but it's got to be a system set up in place, a system in motion, a system in existence that allows me to experience and indulge in that system also. So there's a system of mitzvahs and a system of Averis. These two systems are coming from two fundamentally different places. The system of mitzvahs is coming from where? From the Rebbein Shalom himself. Mitzvahs go all the way, we saw this in Derech Hashem, at various points and places. The system of mitzvahs is coming from HaKosh Baruch himself. Every mitzvah is ultimately stemming from and resulting from the Rebbein himself, Hashem, his chachma, his essence, his outlook, his values. Every mitzvah comes eventually and ultimately from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Averis don't. The system of Averis has a ceiling. It has a ceiling. It doesn't go all the way up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It says, uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't pronounce his name on Ra. The Rebbe does not ascribe himself to Ra. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't associate him with Ra. That doesn't mean that, you know, he, he runs the system from behind the scenes and he, he doesn't want to, don't, you know, don't say this in my name. You know, make sure you say this over anonymously. Don't say it in my name because I don't want to get in trouble. No, it means, it means a fundamental idea. It means the system of Ra, the system of Averis, doesn't really emanate from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It, it emanates from the, the way we saw this in Derech Hashem, from the absence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I mean, is, is absent when he is 
concealing himself. He set up the world in such a way that in his absence, and his concealment, that allows Averis to exist, that allows a system of evil to exist, that allows a system of Tumba to exist. But it's not that, that Be'etzim, that Be'etzim, um, it's coming all the way from the Rebbein Shalom, every, uh, every, every aspect of the system of Tumba, the system of Averis, is coming, is a product of the Rebbein Shalom itself. It's not. Um, and it can't be. Um, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Kuloi Toiv, and he's a Meitiv. HaToivu Meitiv. And Ra cannot come from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's why, you know, Sheker, that's associated with Ra. Sheker ain't Loi Raglaim, we know, Chazal tells us. Sheker doesn't have any feet to stand on, doesn't have any stability. Um, the letters, Shin Kuf Resh, each come to a point of the bottom, don't have flat bases, because they don't have... Uh, a real existence. They're all in, in a, in a, in a, not an imaginary existence, but it's a facade. It's a temporary existence. It's it, it's a um, a system, an existence that's a convention in order to give me v'chira. But it's not a an, an inherent uh, system which has has. Uh, inherent existence. The system of toy, the system of mitzvahs, being that it's coming from the Rebbein himself, has inherent existence, has objective existence, whereas the system of Ra, Sheker, Tomo, Averis, is a fabricated existence. Again, imaginary is the wrong word. Sometimes people will translate this, will say this over as imaginary. It's not imaginary, right? Anyone that ever had a real temptation, try telling him that it's only imaginary, Right? You have a real Yetzir Hara not to get out of bed. You have a real Yetzir Hara to say peace of Lashon Hara. A real Yetzir Hara to, to in, indulge in, in, in my chalas, eating, overeating, right? Anyone that had a, had a, had a real Yetzir Hara to do something you shouldn't do, you try telling him that that Yetzir Hara is imaginary and we have a bridge to sell you, right? We have a, we have a highway to sell you. We have a lot of things to sell you. The Yetzir Hara is not imaginary, but it is fabricated. It's fabricated. Meaning something that has a sight like limited existence, temporary existence, because existence is not part of objective reality. If that's the case, returning to this guy, the, the, the asymmetry between the schar for mitzvahs and the Ainish and the immediately becomes quite clear. The schar for a mitzvah is that which a yid aligned himself with a system of mitzvahs, a system of the Rebbein himself. That's a system which is bilti tachlis. That's a system which is which is a, a, a real reality, objective reality, inherent reality. That's a system which um, is not a temporary system, it's an infinite system. And therefore, when I do a mitzvah and I'm aligning myself with that system, the reward is going to be a product of that system, it's going to be an infinite reward, an eternal reward. Whereas, if someone doesn't have Eira, he's aligning himself with a system which is a temporary system, a fabricated system, a system that doesn't have any inherent um, stability, and a system that's eventually going to burn itself out, his Avera can't, his English can't outlast the system, can't be greater than the system itself. The system itself is temporary. The system itself is limited. The system of Avera itself is fabricated. His English can't outlast the system. It's not going to outlast the system. It's not going to be greater than the system. It's a product of that system. The English itself has to be temporary. A very geschmack idea. A very, very, immediately very, very clear why the schar of every mitzvah has to be eternal because I align myself with the system of eternity. That's where I am. That's what I did. Whereas the Oynash of Naveira has to be temporary, has to be limited because coming from a system that's temporary and limited. Taking that further, that we can take that one step further and develop one more idea over here and mine out one more nugget. Take out one more nugget of truth, of, of, of insight of Lamdus over here. Within 
within this uh, picture of the reward of mitzvahs being infinite and, and the Einish for is being limited, being temporary. And once we have this idea that the system of mitzvahs is eternal, the system of mitzvahs is unlimited, and the system of Averis is limited, going beyond that, what is really the reward? What's the etzim reward of a mitzvah, and what's the etzim reward of an Averis? As Einish of an Avera. What is the reward? What? What is the reward for doing a mitzvah? And what is the punishment for doing an Avera? So let's get into some deep ideas. The Vilna Gain in, in Mishle says an amazing, profound insight, which goes together with ideas that we had. Um, we might have had this in Derech Hashem also. We've definitely had this in the past in other Sfarim and other places. The Gain in Mishle says that at its most. Um, basic place and its most basic understanding the reward for a mitzvah is really the Rebbein Shalem Zvekas Hashem himself being at one with God the reward for any mitzvah if I do tefillin properly my whole life or even for one day I have Zvekas with the tefillin aspect of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that aspect of Hashem's essence when I do tzitzis properly I have Zvekas with the tzitzis part of the Rebbein Shalem not part but the tzitzis aspect of Hashem's essence that's the highest. I'm the closest to Hashem when I when I excel in, in, in learning in Torah, in Talmud Torah. But the essence of the reward of any mitzvah is really dveikas with the essence of Hashem in Hashem's aspect of that mitzvah. So far, so good? That's the schar of any mitzvah. So, of course, the schar of, of uh, any mitzvah is going to be eternal because the schar is really just another way of saying clinging to Hashem, oneness with Hashem, constance with Hashem. That's eternal. You are... In that place, you've made a breakthrough to the place of eternity. So the, the, the schar is eternal. There is no... Here, there's no clock. You know, Menachem was asking earlier about the clock. And Eilam Habba, there's no clock, because Eilam Habba is all about Vegas with 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 uh, Ein Saif Baruch, with the eternal himself. There, there's Taka, no clock. And since the schar of the mitzvah itself is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, one is with Hashem, by definition, is eternal. Because let's say that... Let's say that more lumdish. Mathematically, or lumdish, or both, or one or the other, whichever you prefer, you cannot fractionize Hakadosh Baruch. You can't say, "Well, I have dveikas with Hashem, but uh, but only a certain degree of dveikas. It's it's all or nothing." Good, and it may be here is the tefillin dveikas, and here's the tzitzis dveikas. But tefillin dveikas is dveikas to the kaviyachal yisbarach to the ribayishlam. Once you're there, you're there. You can't quantify eternity. You can't quantify. Eternality, eternality, the eternality of the Rebbeinu Shalelam, and any aspect of the eternality translates into eternity. So far, so good. So that's why the scar of every mitzvah is infinite; it goes on forever. So what do you have to do? So I'm, why is there so much mitzvah out there? What one mitzvah is eternal? Because you want all of your neshama. Because you don't just want the tzitzis part of your neshama. Excellent question. Because your neshama has lots vacuses. of different parts, different vacuses. Because your neshama has different parts, and you want all the parts of your neshama to be to be together with all the parts of the Rebbeinu Shalem, right? Let's say you have a jacuzzi. You know what a jacuzzi is? We had a hot tub once in Maine, remember that? Hot tub's geschmack, right? Let's say I tell you, Menachem, I want you to enjoy the hot tub, but just, you know, just your, um, no, you're being, you know, your index finger. Keep your index finger in the hot tub. So the index finger's enjoying the hot tub? Avada. Nothing like it, right? You don't want just your index finger to be there. You want the whole Menachem to be there in the hot tub, right? That's right. It's the same thing. Every... Mitzvah represents another part of you, and you want all the parts of you to have dveikas with the Rebbein Neshalel forever. Not just the index finger, you want the whole, the ganz, the ganz kite. Yeah? Um, Is that where it comes from? The Menachem Meshav Nafshi. 
the whole the whole thing, the whole caboodle. That word comes from Anna who says, but I heard that in, when, in uh, the next world when Mashiach comes, um, right, we're going to be born, but if, if we, like, we weren't mocked on Shem like we didn't get to lock on, we're not going to have a hand there. That's where it comes from, yeah. That's right. Okay. Now, Averis are limited. The Ayanishra Averis are limited. Why is that? So we're building off of the, the first thing. The first thing that we said is because the system is a, is a limited system. The system is a temporary system. The system is an, an unstable system. But it goes beyond that. What, the schar of mitzvah is Hashem himself. Hashem himself is eternal. The schar of the Aveira, what's the Ayanishra? The, the Ayanishra, the Aveira, says the guy in, 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 in Mishle, the way he puts it, the Ayanishra, the Aveira, is the Aveira itself. What is that supposed to mean? So Pashas, what that means is an idea, an idea that we explored in, in Der Hashem, that what does it mean the Einish of the Avera is the Avera itself? There's an idea we saw that every time I do an Avera, I, I'm ripping a hole in the fabric of reality. I'm making damage to the Velt. I'm damaging the world. I'm, I'm, I'm showing the world I'm showing the world that you can cross Hashem. I'm showing the world that you don't have to listen to Hashem. I'm showing the world that Hashem's law and Hashem's order and Hashem's expectations are not, are not supreme, are, are not unequivocal, and they can be ignored, they can be neglected. Every time I do an Aver, I make the same, you, you cannot listen to Hashem. That damages the Bria because the Bria has now advertised this to, to, to everyone as, as truth, but it's not, not true and untruth. That, hey, you cannot listen to Hashem, you, can, you cannot listen to Hashem, get away with it. That, that's what Navir does. Navir damages the universe. So, commensurate to that, the Avera has to be rectified. That, that hole has to be repaired. I punched a hole in the Brio, in the Metzias of the Brio, and that hole has to be sewn up. It has to be mended. How do I mend that hole? How do I sew it up? By suffering for the fact that I didn't listen to Hashem. I show the whole world that you could, you can get away with it, and I can't get away with it. And when I don't get away with it, Chaz Shomonayi doesn't get away with it, then he is repairing the damage that he did, because what was the damage? The damage was saying, you can not listen to Hashem, and that's a veiled mahalach hachaim. No, there is no veiled mahalach hachaim. If you don't listen to Hashem, buddy, you're going to suffer. The Einish of the Aveira is repairing the Aveira is repairing the damage of the Avera. The damage that a Yid does with, with an Avera is not eternal. You can't do eternal damage. You can only do limited damage. You can only do temporary damage. Because the only place that you can damage is a, the world of, of, of um, the finite, the world that's outside Hashem, the world which is temporary. You can do damage to a temporary world, and that's what happens when you do an Avera, Chas Hashem. You have to repair that damage to the temporary world. But that, that, that is the Einish of the Aver, but that's going to be a temporary job because eventually the repair is going to be made. Eventually, even as, as big, as wide, as deep as that pothole might have been, eventually you're going to fill it up. And when it's filled up, then you paid off the Aver. Again, a beautiful idea, very profound, very elegant. The Einish of the has to be limited because you're repairing the damage to the Aver. The damage to the Aver is limited damage. Yeah, You're only able to do limited damage. Then you're making a very, 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 very big paddle. Okay, so you know, Bill might still be in Ganem. It could be, it might take thousands of years, right? How long are they saying it's going to take to repair I-95? Thousands of years? No. Hope, hopefully not. So what's this? Six months. A lot of damage was done. Done over there. It takes a lot of time to fix damage. But yeah, Kranik uh, Aveiro. It's going to take a long time to repair, but eventually you'll get there. Eventually you'll get there. 
Shouldn't the Einish uh, be that he goes out and does community service, meaning he goes and he... he he's That's tshuva, sure. You can do it on your own. That's tshuva. We're talking about if he doesn't do tshuva. So then he's... When, he go, when a person goes to the Gehenna, he's only erasing that which is in his soul. How is it erasing, you know, what people saw him do and that he got it away makes with a it. statement to the universe that you can't get away with it. So they're going to be aware of it. People, other people are going to be aware of where he is. Yeah. Okay, thank you all for joining, and I wish you have a wonderful today. We'll continue thank tomorrow. You.